0: Today we're going to be talking about the fall. Um, I've sort of subtitled this, Diving Into the Bushes. There's lots of information that you can find about the fall of man. You know, man in the garden and his fall and thousands of pictures of Adam and Eve and drawings standing beside the tree of the knowledge of good and evil with an apple in the hand. But what really took place there? Why did God... Why did God use such a simple little example, a simple little trial, a simple little probationary test for the height of his creation? You know, when you think of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, a common mistake that we make is we think of it in terms of, I mean, don't we do this? We teach our children the difference between good and evil and it's funny what we never realize that while we're doing that we're actually fulfilling the curse we're actually giving the definition to our children about the curse because the tree of the knowledge of good and evil there's a general assumption that kinda of roams and that assumption is this that you know man took from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil And it gave him the ability to make a determination between good and evil. So man sort of has this idea that with this tool, with this inner ability, I can look at something and I can assess. Okay, I can say that this is good and this over here is evil. And then I can make a self-determination of that. And the idea is, you know, do the good and avoid the evil. Avoid the evil and do the good. And that's what we teach our children as they're growing up. What we don't understand is the good and the evil of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in man, independence of God, are both evil. Let me explain that. So we know certain things, for example, violent crime or, you know, stealing or lying. More specific you know, physical, material examples of actions. Let's put it this way. Actions and behaviors that you can see. And we can say to ourselves, okay, that's obviously evil. Anyone who's ever watched one of these crime stories, usually the end commentary of when they go down through all the people who've, you know, given some opinion during that show, usually they say, I looked in the face of true evil. You know, this, this, that's, that's, you know the, that's the manifestation of evil. And the idea being that the people who didn't do that somehow are good. And what, let me explain something about the good of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. While there's obviously actions and behaviors that you can commit, murder for example, stealing, lying, those are things that we obviously clearly describe as evil. But on the other side, the good, it's pride and self-righteousness. You see, you'll very rarely, well, you'll never see an example of somebody who doesn't sort of take to themselves some sense of self-righteousness, quote, because they're not committing an act of evil. So when we get into the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and we look at man partaking of that tree, let's begin with the understanding that both the good and the evil are evil. If God had intended for man to have the knowledge of good and evil, he would have given it to him. It says that God created man out of the dust of the ground. He breathed the life of God, he breathed into his nostrils, and man became a living soul. Now, I want you to think of that. That's a living personality, a living entity. Somebody who has life, though not designed to be independent from God, has independence from God. Man became his own self. He had his own sense of self. We see that. Now, doesn't it stand to reason that if God... A righteous and holy God, if he creates man out of the dust of the ground as his crown of his creation, would it not stand to reason that man would be equipped with the knowledge of right and wrong? That he'd be equipped with the knowledge of good and evil? But he wasn't. He didn't have an, he didn't have a sense of good and evil. Adam didn't have a sense of right or wrong. And that's important. So as we get into this, I want you to think about this, that God never intended man to have the knowledge of good and evil. The reason? He doesn't need it. Man did not need the knowledge of good and evil. If he had needed it, God would have given it to him. God specifically said that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil... Let me read that. You're going to find that in Genesis 2, 16, 17. And the Lord God took the man and he put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it and the Lord commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die so I want you to start I want to look at it right initially right off the bat that God said that that tree was his, that tree belonged to him, and that man did not have the knowledge of good and evil at that time. So, when we talk about the fall, we have to understand that what specifically the fall was. So, the fall was away from God, but the fall was also an entrance into a life that contained the knowledge of good and evil when he took that upon himself he took upon himself something that god had not intended that he have okay all right so now when we when we move forward from that point we're going to see that when they fell the key, some of the key insights you're going to see in there are that immediately you're going to notice that what the knowledge of good and evil would equip man with would be a sense of self-reliance so when he took the tree uh, took the fruit from the knowledge of good and evil, or of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he took to him senses, to himself a sense of self-reliance. He could self-determine now. He could say, "This is good and this is evil." He could say, "This is evil and that is good." The challenge that you have is with individuals, you're going individuals who are cut off from God you're going to have individuals making self-determining decisions based upon good and evil. This is something that's not really commonly known anymore, but when the when God jump ahead when God flooded the earth it it says that man did what was right in his own eyes. It says every man did what was right in his own eyes. And when we move into what we talk about the days ahead, where Jesus said that as it was in the days of Noah, so it shall be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. We're moving into that time now where man does everything according to what he determines, what is right in his own eyes, what is wrong in his own eyes. You can go around the globe today and you'll find that in political situations, in business, it doesn't matter what it is, you're always going to find this dichotomy you're going to find this this duality that this party believes this and the other party believes almost the exact opposite of it. What one party determines is good, the other party des- determines is evil. And you see that polarity. You see those things moving in parallel across everything. I don't care if it's vehicles. I don't care what it is. You're going to find that, you know, some of us maybe remember it's, it's Coca-Cola and Pepsi. It's Ford and Chevy. You're going to see this parallel all the way through. And the people on one side, they have a standard that they have set, that they believe these things are good and those things are evil. But then when you move across to the other side and look back, you're going to see a group that sees exactly the opposite. And I'm going to say right now that that the foundation of all of the inner conflicts and outer conflicts that we have in our societies around the world can be found from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's where you'll find the, sto- the source of all of those. I want to move ahead and look at, the Bible says in Genesis 3:14. Uh, now the serpent, so now we're moving into the actual temptation. It says, now the serpent was more subtle than any of the beasts of the field, which the Lord God had made. ye shall not die. Notice from the beginning that we see Satan challenging, coming against the word of God. Satan doesn't challenge the woman about anything in the garden, except what God has said. And this is vital, that we must see the idea that Satan um, um, is always at war with God's word, specifically the word of God. We find him in direct opposition to the word of God. We see this often where he will twist and lie about what God has said. But notice that the woman actually had the command of God wrong. Her answer about eating from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, she included these words, Neither shall ye touch it. I want you to think about that for a second. We read God's original command to man, to Adam, and he said, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. But notice Eve has included the words, ye also shall not touch it. Now, it's important to know that Eve was in take, no, I'm not going to, Eve was not Eve at this point. This is an important distinction that I want to make. It's something that's easily overlooked because they're notice they're quote, seen as Adam and Eve. But Eve was not Eve at this point. Her name was Adam at this point. She was taken out of the side of Adam, Adam, and brought to him. And Adam looked at her and said, ish me, Adam." See, Adam had been charged with naming all of the animals in the, in the garden. And you know, and but there was none like him. Now, how would Adam have known that none of the other animals looked like him? I mean, you have to picture he's a living soul, but I mean, he's looking at himself, and how? I mean, he could he could see. The distinctiveness in his hands and the way he moved, but how would he know specifically? The Bible tells us that there was rivers that essentially surrounded the garden, that flowed through the garden and watered it. Now, I want you to picture Adam going down to the riverbed and getting a drink of water. What was the first thing he would have seen when he walked to the riverbed? He would have seen himself. He would have seen him. He would have seen himself in his reflection. And he would look at himself in the reflecting water, and he would say, "Me, that's me. That's who I am. That's Adam. Adam." So when God causes a sleep to fall upon him, and she takes, uh, and he takes, um, out of his side and forms the woman, he brings her to Adam, and Adam looks at her and says, "What? Adam. Ish, me." you're me. So I want you to see it's a simple little distinction, but it's very, very important when we get to the consequences of the fall. Because the consequences in man's character in the fall that have been woven now into his nature are woven into his nature based upon his rebellion. But I want you to see that they're woven into all of mankind. Because Eve was drawn aside for very specific things when she ate and adam was drawn aside for very specific things when he ate but when he had when they had children both those both those characteristics of nature were woven into their children so their children had the their children had the 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 the, the sins of both of them combined and we're going to get into in a future podcast on what that specifically is. But I would just want you to see for, for this point that when they fell, it was Adam falling. Male and female Adam. I know can, I can almost hear people saying to themselves, well, no. Well, but where's he? If you read your Bible, we'll move ahead a little further at some point and you're going to see. We'll read the verse where it says, after they fell and they were cast out of the garden, Adam named her Eve. And Adam named the woman Eve so uh, that's a later that's at a later point now I want you to see however though that Eve had included the words thou shalt not we shall not touch it shall not touch it and um, actually neither shall ye touch it and now I want you to see right here in Deuteronomy 1232 we see these words this was God warning the Jews about the seriousness of altering his word. And we can find that later in the end of the Bible where Jesus warned about he who adds to or takes away from this prophecy. But in Deuteronomy 12.32 we read, What things soever I command you, observe to do it. Thou shall not add thereto, nor diminish from it. So we see here in Deuteronomy 12.32 that God is saying to the children of Israel, the commands that I have given you, do, you're not to add to them, and you're not to take away from them. What I have commanded is what you're to do. Now there's a very specific reason why God said that. He's not, uh, you know, nitpicking. It isn't about the specifics in that way. It is, it is for your good, that you alter not the word of God. And why I mean that is because when God has spoken his word, his power, his ability, his will is in that word that he has spoken. If you change it, you take that power from it. Because you've you've spoken a different word. Now we're going to see the power of that, and, 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 and Lucifer, or Satan at this point, taking advantage of it. But first let me say this. Adam had relayed... so I want you to see this. God gave the command to Adam. And we, we're gonna for the simplicity of this, we're gonna call Adam the male. Okay, just for simplicity. It's very it's far <laughs> it is far more complex than that. But for simplicity of this of this <laughs> talk, this podcast, we're just gonna we're gonna call the man formed of the dust of the ground, we're just gonna call him male. Now, when God takes Eve from him, from his side and his rib, he brings her to Adam, but she never heard the command from God directly. The command from God directly was heard by, quote, male Adam. Now she's formed from his side and brought to her. So what does God do? Or I'm sorry, what does Adam do? Adam tells the woman the command of God. But it's very interesting that Adam must have changed it. We know he changed it. She didn't hear the words, don't touch it, from God. She heard the words, don't touch it, from Adam. And I want you to see the Jews continuously did this. And Jesus opposed this through his entire ministry. We see this here in Mark 7, uh, sorry, Mark 7, 13, Jesus says, um, you're making, by make, uh, making the word of none effect through your traditions, which you have delivered and many such things ye do. By adding to the scripture, the additional precautions, that's what it is. That last part was me. So, by putting precautions on it, and see, this is what Adam did. We know he did it, because there's no other place that she could have received those words from. Adam would have said to her, haven't you ever ever seen an example of that, where it says, like, oh, actually, yeah, you know, oh, yeah, no, my car's in the garage. Oh, it's my pride and joy. You know what? Don't touch my car. Actually, don't even go in the garage. And the idea being, if you don't even go in the garage, there's no way you could touch the car. And the Jews did this continuously. They wrote an entire book called the Talmud. And what the Talmud was, was essentially rabbis' uh, commentaries on the scriptures. So they, they had the scriptures, and then they would write commentaries on it. By the time Jesus showed up, those commentaries were, I mean, massive. It was incredible. It was incredible. And we don't have time to get into some of the things and some of the silliness that, that came out of that. But Jesus opposed them. These are called fence laws. The idea Adam had was, okay, so God's told me not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now he, he, all of a sudden I have Eve, but it's Adam at that point, female Adam. And he's giving her the tour of the garden, the way you would give somebody the tour of a business or a company or a store or something like that who's a new employee. They don't, know where the fire ex- they don't know where the fire extinguishers or the emergency exits are. They don't know any of these. They don't know where the bathroom is. So you're showing them these things. And what happens is you say, this is where this is. This is where. Well, he came to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and he said, yeah, God has told us. Uh, he told me not to touch, not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And you know what? Don't even touch it. Just don't even touch it. Now, if we back up, we know that God commanded them to tend to the garden. God was commanded. God commanded Adam to tend to the garden, to keep it. So you mean to tell me that he was never supposed to tend that tree? God didn't say you weren't supposed to take care of the tree. He didn't say you weren't supposed to look after it. He didn't say you couldn't touch it. He said, don't eat the fruit of it. Thank you for listening to His Light and Life. Do you have questions or want to speak with Mark? Please reach out using the email in the description. We'll see you next time on His Light and Life.